This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And hello, Hearts of Oak. It is wonderful to have back with us Lilani Dowding. Lilani, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Always good. And you can, of course, find Lilani. Uh, here is her Twitter, which is probably the, the main place to find her, where you can find uh, videos on uh, lots of horses, on the outdoors, <laughs> on painting. I saw you painting the other day. Uh, so you get that plus all the political angles. And I think it's it's always good to get that mix because sometimes it can just be uh, rah-rah politics and culture wars. So You know what? That's the problem, I think. I, I post some of that just to mix it up so that it's not all just so depressing, you know, political and social things i try i try and put a bit of the fun aspects of life not that painting a bathroom is that fun but <laughs> you know i'm glad you stopped yourself there so <laughs> <laughs> no but um yeah that's uh all good all available and First, I just want to mention an event we have coming up, and then we'll jump into the first story, uh, which is Mark Stein. And I know you know Mark uh, very well, Lilani. But the first story, or the first slide, is Hold the Line Challenge the Narrative, our event in central London. And David Vance and I are trying to do these. Ideally, would like to do them every every few months across the country. The first one with Andrew Bridgen and with Carl Benjamin, uh, a, a political media. And I think we have a similar mix here with Lawrence Fox Loza, Reclaim Party leader, and Father Calvin Robinson. And it'll be an evening, the same type of discussion, uh, discussing their background, discussing cancellation. Uh, Calvin was a breath of fresh air, I think, on GB News as a Christian in his full garb. And of course, they were both removed uh, along with Dan Wooden. And I will touch on some of that at the evening. But um, Lawrence and Calvin are always fun. And the fun thing about Lawrence is, of course, in GB News, he will say what he thinks. So you don't get a script beforehand. You just go with it. And that is the fun. It's, it's reality. Uh, and he has strong views. But it is about how you challenge what has been put out, what we've seen in the last four years, and how actually you stand firm, shoulder to shoulder, against what is happening and push back. But it'll be a, a fantastic evening. Uh, you can come, ask your questions. Uh, and again, we stayed after for probably good a good hour, I think, Carl and Andrew went to the, the bar after and chatted to people. And it was that connection that I think we've hugely missed over the last four years. And hopefully we're trying to bring that back. It is in London, uh, near a tube station. There's parking. And we want the next one to be outside of London. It's simply because uh, we had some contacts with venues. We went with that and we move out. So before anyone says, this is London, London. No, no, no. We want to go all over. And poor David has to fly over from Northern Ireland. So he'd like one up in Northern Ireland. So if that is a demand, let us know. Either email us, DM us or David Vance, and we will see what we can do. But 
moving Peter, on. I want to say, that- no, I want to say, I think these events are really important, these live events. Um, you know, Mark Stein's got a cruise coming up as well. And it's really important that like-minded people can speak in the flesh, not just, you know, hear from Loza and, and Calvin, but also they can meet each other. They can meet you. They can meet David. And people can talk freely because, as you said, places like GB News now are censoring. Um, they got rid of Calvin. Dan, Loza, Mark Stein. I refuse to go on there anymore. You know, I used to do a lot for Mark Stein. I cut it back just to Dan and and Calvin once they got rid of him. Um, But absolutely forget it. I will never, ever go on that station again, given what they've done to these guys. And, you know, Lawrence is hilarious. Calvin is great. And hopefully, you know, these things can um, bring people together, try and, you know, laugh before you cry and you know even like Katie Hopkins for example she has an amazing comedy show um I went to one I was crying my eyes out with laughter it was just so hilarious but I really think these live these live events are like the new speakeasy it's just so important um as people crack down on social media mainstream media offcom online safety laws I think live events are really really important and the way forward though there are and we will it we were working on live streaming it and doing that for like a two ninety nine or something. Um, and David and I discussed that and says, well, if people can get a live stream, then they'll feel annoyed. They're going to come to an event, but no, there are two separate experiences. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So come be part of it. And um, uh, you have to buy a ticket because trust me, getting a, a venue is not free. So I don't know, Lilani, unless you've got a castle somewhere that we can use in future, you have to get event halls on their expenses. I've got a field. <laughs> but it rains. It's England. It, it's February, March. M- maybe we need a tent and have a Lilani outdoor <laughs> festival. <laughs> Why not? But moving swiftly on, you mentioned Mark Stein, and I have. Um, Followed Mark Stein back whenever he was uh, having a a very honest discussion on Islam and the clash. So that's how I and then seeing them on GB News and suddenly on the side of those who have suffered from the vaccine, vaccine injured was wow a whole and that's what has become known as. And it's weird how people come known for something for something for something, mm-hmm. and you think actually. Back in the day, uh, I remember him and what he was like speaking on free speech on terms of critiquing uh, Islam. But this is something completely different. And I know you follow this closely and I know you can fill us in because I can't do justice to this, Lani. Um, Andrew Lawton, who is, I think, his producer, works closely, says, sad day for freedom of speech in America. A jury has found against conservative writers Mark Stein and Rand Simberg and awarded over one million to climate scientist Michael Mann. Um, this has been, as we, you and I were discussing this earlier, in, in DC, and it is just ruled. Tell us what on earth has happened, and is this simply you cannot have a different view on climate change? Basically, yes. This case has been going on now for 12 years. 12 years ago, Mark Stein and Ransenberg compared um, the cover-up of the climate change data at Penn State University to the cover-up of um, the child molester. Now, they were comparing the cover-up. He wasn't comparing Michael Mann to Greg Sandusky. He was just, you know... uh, comparing the cover-up and actually came from a famous quote saying, if you torture the data hard enough or long enough, uh, it will 
uh, confess to anything you want, meaning that you can manipulate data to show whatever. And and Mark had said that um, Michael Mann had manipulated and tortured the data. Now, it became a defamation case. Michael Mann then sued Mark Stein for defamation. I listened to the trial, and there's a brilliant podcast by two Irish people, um, Anne McIlvenny and uh, Phelan McAteer, brilliant podcast, an hour a night that was just giving a summary and reenactments by actors of, um, of what happened during the case. And my God, Michael Mann literally said, it's defamation. I got a dirty look in a supermarket. I mean, it was that he couldn't show um, that his income uh, income stream was damaged or anything like that. It was purely, um, there was just no evidence for it, but it was a DC jury. They made this trial happen in DC to get a DC liberal jury. And I think this is what happened. This has happened now. It's politics has taken over everything. So, and you know, the climate cult has taken over. And you stand up and you you you're a conservative or have conservative views. You're in big trouble if it's a very lefty jury. And it's 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 sad for Mark and Ranston, but and it's um, some bad and it's sad for. Um, freedom of speech I mean I was so I was so upset yesterday the entire day um, and then I thought you know what this is they what this is what they want though they want you if you're not in fear of the narrative if you're not in fear of climate change they want you to be in fear of talking about it they want you to be in fear of standing up against it um, saying anything about it or anything about scientists you know this is again in the closing speech they compared it to um, you know climate denial and election denial you know, they gave it a political angle. And this is this is what they're trying to do. And I think the only way we win is not to let them bring us down, make us depressed, confused, sad, and in fear. Because this just, my final point on it, and um, I wanted to hear more what you had to say, is that we have seen lawfare use, we've seen Laza, we've seen yeah. Tommy, we see Mark. And it seems as though, um, that if you say something which is not acceptable, yeah. then there will be those. Uh, I'm I'm more and more using terms like dark force and deep state, and I'm yeah. surprised at myself. But that's what you see. But you'll see those forces actually using the system to take you down, um, and that's what we see. And it's time and time again. And the courts aren't places for justice; they're places actually for retribution for the government. Really, yeah, it is lawfare. I mean, you could just look at what happened to the postmasters. This isn't even political. It was the postmasters. There was a whole TV series in England where these poor people were jailed and locked up and accused of stealing and shunned from their communities and their villages. And it all turned out to be computer errors. Um, and so we see, and, and Donald Trump, the 83 million dollar verdict. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. She actually never pressed, did she press charges for rape? I don't think she did. It was just because he said that she was insane, which actually, if you <laughs> I mean, come on, have you seen the interviews she's done before and since saying, you know, rape is sexy to some women, it's a fantasy? Yep. I mean, these are interviews she did on TV. Um, she went on that Rachel Maddow show afterwards and when Rachel Maddow said, what are you going to do with this money for women's rights? Oh, I'll buy you a penthouse and I'll take you on a shopping trip. I mean, you know... I don't think what Donald, I don't, I don't even want to say it. See, I'm scared to say that I think what I think of this woman. Um, but this judgment's crazy, but it's lawfare. It's lawfare. And 
even if they don't get prosecuted, it's the process. This has affected Mark's health because of the stress of this being dragged out for 12 years. Um, I can't even imagine. Well, you can see Mark's health is not good. He's now in a wheelchair. He's had three heart attacks. So between, you know, this, the vaccines, as he said, GB News, all this stress um, and and really the the closing down of people being able to speak. I mean, it, it has it has a profound effect negatively. Hundred yep. percent. Let's let's move on to a story that we can smile over, and this is Tucker Carlson and. Vladimir Putin. This is, I think, 98 million, uh, the interview. I know Tucker's uh, little two-minute clip discussing has had well over 100 million. Um, and this is from Kim.com. Tucker Carlson is in Moscow to interview Vladimir Putin. This was just before it. Uh, we're not going to play the two hours and 10 minutes or whatever of the video here. Uncensored on X. The US deep state and the Biden administration must be in panic mode. Well, they are because Hillary Clinton came out. Uh, because Putin, the most censored man in the world, will expose their propaganda and lies. And I I didn't watch the whole two hours and ten minutes. I watched the first 20 minutes and he talks about Ukraine and gives Tucker a history lesson um, in, a, in a weird way. Tucker is jovial and, uh, well, Vladimir is maybe not the most jovial. And then he goes on to a whole load of other areas. But it was just the way that that the whole world was lit up with Tucker going to interview Vladimir. And this is 98 episodes in, I think. So it shows that Tucker hasn't just decided, well, we're going to do these the first 10 and then go on to more mundane. To hold off on interview like this until nearly your 100th episode is is genius. But what you've obviously seen the comments, you've probably smiled, laughed. What were your thoughts whenever you saw Tucker is in Moscow to interview Vladimir Putin? You know what? I thought it's great. He's so brave. I'm I'm scared for Tucker, but I've just enjoyed seeing the meltdown of the mainstream media, the people like Hillary Clinton coming out in, you know, and as she was saying, you know, people want to hear from this leader that kills people. And, do, and I'm thinking, her, hold on a minute. Who, who are you talking about here? Vladimir or, <laughs> you know, so um, I think it's I think it's massive. I think it's brilliant. And I think it just shows how dead the mainstream is now. And back in the day, the mainstream media would you you get a balanced view you get to hear from another side but what they really want to do is they really want to control this narrative of what you can hear and we saw it when they shut down um Russia today um from being broadcast in this United States and the um and the UK but the extreme measures that are going on to try and dissuade Tucker Carlson from doing this is crazy like I heard that they you know they maybe want to stop him from coming back into America or they want to stop him from being able to travel around the EU um so these measures say to me that this is an interview that we all need to listen to and just like you um unfortunately I only managed to watch the first 30 minutes so far I was enjoying my history lesson as I was like you know mucking out the horses because that's what I do I listen to these brilliant things while I'm you know doing my chores in the morning um but I will get around to um listening to the rest of it and so um, I'm you know I'm I've seen clips um and it's very interesting, you know, he's talking about the Nord Stream pipeline and he's saying that, you know, even if he wanted to show proof or get the um, the evidence out there, he said that the Western media machine is just 
so much propaganda that it's not going to make a difference. And I think that's the problem. I think that, you know, just so few media groups own the mainstream media around the world and around the West that it's really hard for the truth to be able to come out through the mainstream outlets. So, um, I'm de- I mean, I'm definitely going to watch the to the end. I, I've been watching the clips; it's brilliant, and I think uh, everyone uh, everyone should watch it, and they everyone should just laugh at the reaction by the mainstream and and people like Hillary Clinton. And I've. I've actually been, I mean, well, this is the 98th one and uh, most of Tucker's ones are kind of 40, 45 minutes. And I've actually realized that I've dipped in and out and I need to make time and go back because there are some fascinating stories there. But Mm -hmm. this one, this length of one, it's it's also you get to experience the person of Vladimir Putin, um, because obviously he doesn't speak English and it's a it's a simultaneous translate translation. But you see him engaging. I mean, it's a whole side that you normally don't see, especially when someone is not speaking English. You see them stand up and speak. But to see him as as a person, I think I certainly even for the first 30 minutes came away thinking, okay, I've learned quite a bit about the person Putin. And I think that's another aspect to this. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the thing. It's it's all well and good. We're hearing his quotes written down in the media. But when you don't get to see that person, um, see their kind of eye contact, their mannerisms and, you know, them, them as a human, then, you know, then it kind of decreases the picture, I suppose, of, of what we what we can see. So it's going it's definitely interesting. It's definitely something I want to watch. I encourage everyone to watch it, but even if you don't like him, you know, try yeah. and see a different view. And somewhere in the middle there'll be the truth, you know. And I think that's that's why we need to be able to speak to everybody. Even if you don't agree or if you do agree, um, I think it's really important just, you know, just so you get some balance. Oh, completely, and um, and when when Putin says, "Well, Tucker, is this a is this a serious interview or just a talk show?" Well, what are they? But that it's it's, yeah. a, it's a weird banter, and me Russian humor is quite different from you. Yeah, that's <laughs> a problem. You know, you can see Tucker laughing like in his way. I love his laugh. It's just like the most contagious, happy laugh, and it makes you even if it's a serious, depressing subject. Tucker makes you feel good because of his laugh and he can bring some humor. But, you know, obviously Putin being Putin, the Russian in him is definitely, <laughs> like, brings it all very, very serious. It comes out. Maybe the next one will be over vodka. And <laughs> yeah. Right, let's go on to, again, something completely different. And this is the the form, former protests that have been happening across Europe. And we've had a farmer on... And I've just forgotten his name. Fantastic conversation, understanding what's happening, being involved in it. Um, And I've seen this pop up a a few times in the last few days, the EU having surrendered to the farmers, no restrictions will be implemented, uh, more land will be used, unrealistic pesticide quotas reversed, um, you won't be told not to eat meat. Um, So there's there's that side, but then you've come out and said you're all force um, until you saw the, the pesticide quotas. And this is a huge area and I've talked to people here in the US about about that and about the whole food food chain and what's in it. But what were you you saw this and you weren't yes, you were mm, I'm not sure. Why is that? 
Well, it was a funny one because I really have been all for the the European farmers, like from the get go. So I just find this an odd one to be thrown out. Now I've seen a few um, a few farmers reply to me and said, "Well, you know, we don't really use that many pesticides because they're so expensive." And I said, "Well, that's good, but why is it being? You know, why have they bought for this to be put in there then?" to overturn quotas on pesticides um and you know maybe the farmers didn't ask for it maybe it's um being thrown in there to make people like me react i mean i don't know the full story i literally just saw this tweet going out saying yay farmers can now reduce the quotas on pesticides and i think it's it scares me a little bit because um there's, we know that it's harmful, not just to us as humans, but to the environment when they leach into the ground and, and the water supply and what have you. Um, I do know there's some pesticides that have been banned, so it's not explained what pesticides here are being used. Um, the EU uses different pesticides um, that uh, than the USA, like there's things in the USA that are used that are banned in the EU. So. I can't say that was a fully informed tweet that I made, but it was kind of a gut reaction to it. So, you know, I need to dig out. I need to do my research. But, you know, that was my gut reaction. And, you know, I do eat organic food. I'm trying to grow my own food. Um, and it does concern me that this has been thrown in because I do think, you know, a lot of chemicals like that do contribute to ill health. And it's something that people need to be um, to be more aware of. But it is, it, it is, there's that side, yes. Um, but it is interesting to see the massive pushback and to see how those who produce food for us human beings yeah. um, are being demonized. And uh, these individuals, it's in their blood. Um, it's throughout their family, they do this. And if they didn't do it, if everyone was a, a city dweller, then we would actually starve quite quickly. And it's exciting to see, you kind of think, oh, it's up to the French, that's okay, they protest. But no, this is across the board, across Europe. And you realize yes. how far someone has to be pushed to do yeah. that. And it's good to see the people power working when people are prepared to stand up for what they believe in. Um, you know, closer to home, I just saw a Welsh farmer talk about his farm that's been in his family for generations, five generations, I believe. Um, and he's thinking, you know, will my son be able to farm? They've been told that they need to plant trees on 20% of their land. Now, you know, this is farmland. Um you know, there's other places we could be planting trees. Why do we want to plant the trees on our prime farmland? That that means there's a 20% um, decrease on on the you know farmland that they have in their farms, and that's that's massive. 20% de- so that either means they're going to be producing less, or they're going to have to farm more intensively. Um, and neither are good. You know. Um, I've seen another thing, Sainsbury's, it really is quite concerning. Um, They're talking about their taste the difference range, a low carbon meat. Now, on one side, it sounds great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you believe in those, the carbon credit nonsense, right? But when people go for a premium range, like the taste the difference, and they pay a little bit more, they're expecting maybe organic meat, grass fed meat, happy cows. Um, this actually is low carbon because the animals are kept inside. Um, they're kept inside. They're fed on grains. They're not really out in fields in, on grass. And they don't live as long because they're more intensively farmed. 
And somehow that's supposed to be good. So, um, oh, it says connection lost. No, 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 no. We're oh, still here. Okay. I was like, uh, connection lost. Um, we're just so holding some... on in my dodgy internet in, hotel internet connection. Yeah. So, so somehow, you know, somehow they're trying to say this is good for us, pay a premium price. And now that's how they wrapped up intensive farming by calling it low carbon. And this is what scares me when they're, when they're trying to do this to our Welsh farmers, you know, try and decrease the land that they can farm on by 20% by planting trees. You know, it is, it's very, very concerning. And I really do hope the Welsh farmers really do push back on it. Yep, 100%. Let's go to US story. Let me play a clip off Biden, just a little clip, and I'll bring up the tweet. Uh, I think Ed Dodd's tweeting his comments, and this was yesterday, but, well, it might be the day before, whenever this goes live, we're doing this on Friday, but Biden trying to actually hold his thoughts together. Um, here he Here's his clip, and then let me bring up the tweet. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, for months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Watch Many me. American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your judgment. That is not the judgment of the press. They... All right. Let me remove that. This is Ed Dowd's tweet. Uh, the mere fact that Biden's handlers allowed him to do a press conference at 7.45 today after months of keeping him from the press is proof that they're setting him up to fail, which is a whole other side of this. Um, the rug pull is happening before your eyes. The decision has been made. He is done. Only question now is who is up to bat for replacement. And of course, you may, you showed the clip, I think, of him um, not knowing who Hamas was. And of course, he thought Egypt was Mexico, which I know... Uh, I, I'll not even say anything about our US friends because I know sometimes geography is not necessarily. <laughs> I'll move on, but um, yeah, it's it was a, a car crash. Sad yeah. to watch, depressing to watch for him as a as an old man. Um, but he is the the leader of the the free world. Um, what were what, what were your thoughts? Because I saw you comment, I thought that's good, Lanny's commenting. Because you never know when you have a guest on, kind of where they go, especially international stuff. And, and I thought, brilliant, Lanny's posted that as I was sitting watching here on CNN in the hotel. What were your thoughts whenever you've seen some of these clips? You know, it's terrifying to see the way Biden speaks and the way he gets confused. You know, I sometimes I think I'm going to come and talk to you or whoever and I'm going to forget something, but I don't think, you know, I've ever done anything quite as bad as this. And this is the president of the United States. Now, Ed Dowd has a point, like maybe that is possible. Maybe they are setting him up to fail to pull the rug from under him because surely people cannot vote for him again to be in power for another four years. I mean, you know, look at him. But then I wonder, you know, who are they going to throw in? Gavin Newsom, maybe, which will just be hell if you do what he's done to California. So um, it's really interesting, but it's also very wondering, uh, um, worrying about his kind of his mental state in, in terms of like, um, what do you call it? Him being able to put sentences together, being able to think, um, and and I don't know. It's just it's just very it's upsetting to watch him. It's almost like elder abuse, isn't it? It's like putting somebody there with dementia and expecting him to you know hold a room and hold people's attention. So uh, yeah, I I don't know if Edward Dow's right about setting him up to fail or if you know or, or why they would 
put him out like this. I mean, it's it's worrying that this is the guy with the nuclear codes, but then, you know, is he even in charge? Yeah, well, exactly. And I'm I'm going to watch a different elder uh, this evening just to just to make you in the audience jealous. I'm going to watch Trump speak here at the NRA conference. And you realize it's not just a case of age it's a case of actually your abilities and mental faculties and you can be much older and you watch trump and you think how on earth is he able to have that energy when everything is thrown at him he seems to thrive on it and then you watch biden as the shell of a man and if this is what the system has to actually give people the options oh dear it's scary it's really really scary that you know He's in power in that uh, with those mental faculties. But I think Ed, I think Ed's in very involved with Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, and obviously, that's a whole other aspect to the race. Uh, he's doing very well, I think, in five states. Um, and I think uh, many people are hoping that he will spoil it so badly that that he can come through the middle. But I, I can't see um, him being, he has become a hated figure to the Democrats. Yes, yes. Having the Kennedy name. And you make it some of the Republicans who really like him uh, because of his strong stance on, on Trump's weak point, which is on the vaccines. So yeah. it's a whole, um, this is full on 3D chess watching this play out. And this is the thing, you know, is I would love a Republican to win, but at the same time, I absolutely love Robert Kennedy Jr. And if there was to be a Democrat in power, I would be more than happy if it was him. So, um, you know, it wouldn't, to me, him being in, president wouldn't be a loss or to the detriment of America at all. I think he's a great man. So, um, you know, but obviously at this point, I'd love Trump to win and see if he can actually do what he's promised this time around. Hundred percent. Well, <laughs> th- this is the this is the the um, the soap opera that we're watching this year. Yeah. Um, the Brits from across the pond. Let's go on to uh, we. Every time we have some uh, trans LGBT children sexualization story, um, this is the latest one. Kentucky transgender daycare worker Maria. Childers uh, will not be going to prison despite pleading guilty to sexually abusing a baby while changing its diaper. He hired a trans activist lawyer who argued that he would not have access to estrogen, and the court agreed. The court then reduced his bond from hundred thousand to five thousand, released him downgrading his felony of sexual abuse to minor to misdemeanor, and dropping all other abuse charges. Some stories you read, Lanny, and you think. I don't understand. Uh, is there something I've missed? Um, this is one of them that um, that a a jury or a judge or those in the legal system can see this and decide that the rights of someone who has um, seemed to have some kind of mental issue, obviously, um, they trump the right of a baby. And you think, okay, maybe we're just screwed. That, that's kind of where I come to looking at this. You know, it blows my mind, Peter. It, I, I cannot fathom for a second how a judge or a jury could ever come to this conclusion. You know, oh, this man can't get estrogen. And so, you know, whatever he did to the child, it doesn't matter. Like, what what do you have to do to come to that decision? What what must be going through your head to come to that decision? And I, this is where I fear for you know, children and future generations, that we're giving these people so many rights um, 
and and these rights are trumping like everything. I mean, there's nothing worse than the abuse of a child. But someone somewhere has sat there and said, you know what? Let's forget about it. It doesn't matter. And how does that even happen? And I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of these people um, getting away with anything and people just talk, say, and people refusing to discuss their, uh, as a mental illness because it's, it's in a mental illness that, that, that's, that's it. And, you know, we, we've got to pander to them. We're constantly having to pander to them. Um, and honestly, I, it's really hard for me to get any words out because I just, I'm almost like speechless at it. I just cannot understand. It's like the emoji when your head just explodes. Like, how does it happen? It's true. And, and you, you read these stories and actually feel sick inside when yeah. you realize what has happened and you realize there's little outcry. You think when a story like this, well, don't worry, the media will pile in and, and the sentence will be changed. Uh, but no, it's just, yeah, this is the norm, abusing babies, um, misdemeanor. Uh, of course, you're trans. Okay, well, that means that you're get out of jail free cars. And there, there is no anger. And it maybe it's just us as, as normies actually getting angry at this. Well, when you look at what happened as a J6, uh, people that have been prisoned for 20, 30 years for their involvement in January the 6th, which was not, this is abusing a baby and it's not even a felony. He hasn't got a see what not a day in prison. What what is going on? And and then that's where it it drives me even more crazy is when you compare it to um two other things. You know there was an actor who got I think twenty years for something that happened thirty years ago, or it was mm -hmm. thirty years for uh, a sexual encounter that happened twenty years ago. I can't remember which way around twenty and thirty, but. You know, there was hardly any evidence, but the jury decided that, you know, this woman who was over the age, hadn't consented, the actor um, goes to jail for, you know, decades, basically. And here we have a child who's been sexually assaulted, but because it's a transgender who hired a transgender activist lawyer, suddenly it's just a misdemeanor and, you know, we all just need to forget about it. It's like, it's when you do the comparisons that it becomes even more mind-boggling to me. Well, that story is about afar. Let's bring this context close to home, uh, which I think brings a completely different angle. Um, and I watched this video uh, with the short clip, two and a half minutes, I think the long one's going up. I'd encourage everyone to go to Lives of TikTok and watch it. We don't have time to, to play it now. Um, and this is a, a dad um, and the courts have ruled that he cannot stop his son from receiving puberty blockers. His wife obviously has gone completely off the deep end, completely mad. And your, um, your tweet is, guys, which is, this is the best advice, Lani. It really is the best <laughs> advice. Guys, be careful who you have kids with. Seriously, what kind of sick mother would do this? Um, and yeah, you you need to realize, you, you need to think of these things um, and think of the impact uh, on children. But for a father, or if it was vice versa, to have one of the parents just left out as their child is is sexually abused because this is sex abuse to the child, physical abuse to the child. And then, of course, the next thing uh, will be a knife, removing body parts. Mm -hmm. um, but, Lani, we're seeing this more and more on the court. Yeah. 
as we saw in the earlier story, side with someone who wants to abuse the children. Now, this is crazy because the son is um, is only, I think, eight years old. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, um, I, I looked, I thought, what age? And then I looked, and then at the, it's the end of the video, um, eight or nine, I thought, Okay, that because it could be what, fifteen or something. It, yeah, but actually, this is this is a young child. Wow! And you know, this poor father's been dragged through the courts, or you know, trying to fight for his son and to protect his son. And this woman, the supposed to be a mother who's supposed to protect her child too, allowed the kid to have. I think it was a couple of phone conversations, or it was, it wasn't it was, even it face wasn't, to face. Over 45 minutes. So, yeah, it was a phone conversation with the mother and the, the individual had not even assessed the child, kept no notes. This is just weird. This is a, a chat on the phone and suddenly you decide, yes, on the basis of conversation with this mother who has got issues, we're going to now start that child. And holy crap, let's, let's step back. Whoa, 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 what's happening here? But no, it's the march forward. And this is the thing. And there's Munchausen by proxy, which is a real illness or whatever you want whatever you want to call it where where people make out their kids even have cancer to get that kind of attention now to me i've noticed that it's a lot of women that are pushing this on their children and it's also a lot of women who have munch who uh i don't know if they have it or they they uh they fall well i don't know whoever has the munchausen i don't know if it's like yeah it's the mother isn't it who has the munchausen who yeah. pushes the agenda onto the child so and it tends to be women that have the Munchausen by proxy as well. So, you know, we, I think parents also need to be looked at because this is uh, an issue that's, that the, the mother obviously has. The father's trying to protect his son as best he can. And now he can't even appeal because, you know, he's gone through all his money. Um, to, yeah. to, you know, for, it just costs thousands and thousands and thousands for lawyers. Um, and they seem to be the the winners in all of this. So um, I've also noticed that it is happening as well, where the state can take children. If two parents don't want it to happen, the state can take the child's way. I think there was a recent case that happened in the last month or so where I think it was a girl in Montana wanted to transition to a male have been mother and and now has been is has gone to live with another biological parent up in Canada. So you know this is happening. They are coming for the children, which is what a lot of people warned about years ago. And everyone's like, oh, you know, you're being hysterical. You're being far right. You're being like, you know, we're not after the children, but it, you know, it's a conspiracy. Um, but we're seeing it now. They are coming after children. This is an eight-year-old child. Um, the other young girl that was taken from her parents was a minor. They are coming after children. Um, and I mean, I don't, I've got, I don't know how to fight it, other than saying you need to make sure that your partner, who you decide to have the children with, is on the same wavelength when it comes to this stuff as you. And I think that's a conversation you need to have early on. Because if there's any kind of oh I'm happy I'll bring up my kid as transgender if she wants me or he wants me I think that needs to set off red flags because you never know what's going to happen when the kid gets to like you know eight years old and the mum's like oh well I did want a girl so let's make my little boy into a girl yes have these before you propose 
Yeah. Uh, on on one of your dates, ask <laughs> about, so, so what would you do if, give them scenarios and see what happens. At, yeah. I mean, there's enough red flags you have to go to through in the dating process. But I think, you know, you need to get rid of those red flags really, really early on. It's, it's a hard one. You know, date meeting someone's hard enough without having to go through all of these now and, and trying to find out if you stand on the same uh, same position in certain political and social aspects too. But I think it's more important than ever the way things are going. Yeah, completely. Right, we've got another <clears throat> two stories. Let's let's just do two, three minutes on each of them. Uh, let's just touch them and uh, the viewers, the listeners can go and they can click on the link and look into this more. Um, vaccines. Uh Alex Jones put this up, and uh, I love Alex Jones more and more and more each day. Yeah. Uh, but he is quite the COVID chart rollout and cancer rates. And of course, this is the, the Tony Blair Institute for Global Change. Again, red flag, ding, 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 ding. This should be setting up all your flags. Um, therapeutic vaccines will transform cancer treatment, leading to more personalized, in, immediate, and direct care. Um, uh, I, I, I assume that. You're the same that uh, alarm bells go off as soon as yeah. you see the Tony Blair Institute saying anything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And you know what else? I saw this. I just thought the amount we've pumped into cancer research, mm. all the charities, all, you know, the institutions around the world working uh, to cancer, working on cancer treatments and possibly, I mean, you'd think they'd work on cancer prevention not through big pharma, but figuring out what in our environment is causing cancer. And they don't seem to be doing it. Now it's the next push for the next injection, the next money-making product. And, you know, call me a conspiracy theorist, but I believe people out there know cures for cancer. But it's so much, it's such a huge industry. It's for, you know, for big pharma, for the charities. Uh, it's such a big industry. It makes so much money that eradicating it isn't going to be right unless you can say, you know, let's get everybody vaccinated for this cancer, that cancer. And then the next thing, you've got like 75 more jabs in your body. Um, and with all the money we've spent, I think it's a disgrace that this is this is their solution. More vaccines. And of course, it's the new brand new technology, mm. miracle mRNA that will fix everything. But, um, you know, um, even the animal research, when you look at what happened to animals that had MR, not, not the COVID mRNA vaccine, yeah. but mRNA treatments, yeah. um, you know, you saw cancer. So you, and you saw other illnesses. So, you know, it's just, when Tony and when Tony Blair pushes something, you know, it's like <laughs> run away, run away. <laughs> Let's face off on an immigration story. And this is amid disbelief that chemical attacker, I covered it last week, I think it's um, mm. story, was allowed to stay in Britain. BBC editor who is paid to help 15 Somalian criminals stay in the UK quits the BBC after a shocking male expose. And we seem to have this link between those. Because the BBC is at the establishment, the government might mm -hmm. be but working uh, with, working to make sure unlimited immigration continues and we are unable to stop them. So this is yeah. 
else would you expect from the BBC, I guess? I'm just surprised there are, maybe there are many more working in the BBC who, well, what are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm just going to help some Somalians who've legally got in, stay here legally. Okay, that's great. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, and Peter, the crazy thing about this is these Somalians she helped, for example, three of them were sex attackers. Um, one of them attacked a deaf 17-year-old. But what she did is she went up and she stood there and said, well, now that they're convicted sex attackers, they're going to get, um, you know, really harmed when they go back to their country. They'll, you know, that was the argument as to why they can't be deported because they're a sex attacker and it won't be seen in a good light in their country. They can't go back to their country. They must stay in England. Now, this is it. Now, when I say, and I think this has been the theme throughout, there is no justice anymore. I really do not think we have a justice system. Um, you know, another one she helped was a violent criminal convicted of assault and robbery, but he had tattoos. And so even though he was an illegal convicted of assault and robbery, because he had tattoos, she said, oh, no, no, he can't go back to Somalia because tattoos are a sign of homosexuality and he's going to get attacked. So we must you know, keep him safe in England. It's the craziest thing. And, you know, and there was another one, a guy uh, who had 39 convictions for 80 crimes over the last 17 years. Um, and it, and the problem was because he had so many convictions for so many crimes, he would have been shunned by his clan in Somalia. So we had to keep him safe in England. And, you know, this is this is what we're seeing. We're seeing this. We're seeing these people become fake Christians, like the yeah. acid attacker, yeah. um, twice denied asylum. Suddenly he goes, gets baptized, says, I'm a Christian. And, you know, that's it. He's even though he's now he's now a sex attacker, he can also he's been baptized. He's all forgiven. He can stay in the country. And then he goes on to do the acid attack. So, you know, we really need to rethink the way. This is, this is going on and the fact that we're allowing criminals, uh, they're, not they're not just criminals because they're illegal, they're criminals because they've actually committed crimes in the country. And we're going to allow them to stay to keep them safe because they wouldn't be safe in Somalia or Afghanistan or wherever. Yep. And... Just to find, we'll, we'll not even cover it, but the whole thing of Liz Truss's new uh, movement, uh, new conservative grouping, I think it was Loza that put up, actually, we need to realise there is not a political solution to this. Um, there has to be people coming together and pushing yeah. back. And if anyone thinks, oh, don't worry, the next election will have a solution. Uh, uh, you've no, it's not a political solution or a legal solution. Uh, I think we need to discuss what is the solution to this culture war that we're in the middle of. Um, Lilani, thank you so much. Always love having you on, and people can get your uh, at Lilani Dowding is your Twitter handle, and they can find all range of personal, home, pet, <laughs> horse, and, and whatever geopolitics. So it's yeah. a beautiful mix. I try and cheer people up a little bit amongst the insanity and stuff and, and try and cheer myself up, I think, Corey. Just you have to laugh or you're going to cry. So, yeah. 
It is self-help. <laughs> it really is. So thank you. And of course, the viewers, listeners, if you'd love to see you first of March, uh, the links are in the description for those tickets coming here. Losa and Calvin uh, give their wisdom and will even work on getting them to stay over at a watering hole. A couple of watering <laughs> holes close by, but we'll go across the way and hang out. So please do come along and enjoy that in-person friendship, fellowship and connection. Um, to viewers, listen, enjoy whatever you're doing over the weekend. I will be back with you on Monday with another interview. So thank you so much and goodbye to you all. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.